Hello, welcome to Warhorn Media's podcast of Out of Our Minds blog posts. This is episode 53. It's titled, Why Christians Should Leave Proclaiming the Gospel to Their Heroes. It's by Tim Bailey. I'm also your reader, and the date is December 26, 2022. A brother looked to by Reformedish people for wisdom and how to live and think in our pagan culture just sent his supporters his Christmas letter with three points. Dad used to say there were only three articles in the Reader's Digest. Oh, the wonder of it. Oh, the horror of it. And just, oh. The first and major part of his letter was a well-documented enumeration of all the horrors of our cultural degeneracy, sure to inspire disgust in the hearts of conservative supporters. Finishing it, we were relieved to know there was someone just as disgusted out there as we are. What a relief that he is educated and articulate. The third ending part of this letter was, oh, the wonder of it. You can't leave the congregation with bad news. He ended his letter by announcing Christmas is here, and isn't it wonderful? Everyone is celebrating it. So what was the middle of the letter? Just, oh. Short and sweet, he gave a few helpful pointers for constituents feeling some need to take the gospel into our sexually debauched world he just described so thoroughly. His pointers were as follows. In denouncing gay ideology, Christians must find a discourse that avoids emotionalism, moralism, hatred, or bigotry. No contempt for gay individuals. The homosexual or trans person deserves respect and love. The homosexual or trans person is a unique and complex fellow human being. Every human being is tainted by sin. Many have known much suffering and hurt from heartless, dismissive expressions of judgment from misguided believers. We must love our homosexual friends. Millennial Christians are leaving the church in droves over this issue. We need to hear not a judgmental, but a holistic, ontological account of what the Bible says about sexuality, and so on. What's wrong with this? Start with the obvious. It's a gospel message that is utterly unobjectionable. But when across Scripture and church history have any gospel proclamations been unobjectionable? Noah before the flood? Moses at the end of Deuteronomy? Nathan when he preached to King David? Isaiah, whose gospel message the Apostle Paul tells us was, quote, very bold, unquote. Amos? Hosea, Malachi, John the Baptist, Jesus, the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, 
the Apostle Paul to the Areopagus, the Apostle John to the seven churches, Cyprian, Augustine, Peter Waldo, Martin Luther preaching in St. Mary's, John Calvin, John Knox, George Whitfield, Billy Graham, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren, Tim Keller, Andy Stanley. Uh, uh, wait, wait a second. I think I went off track there. Back up. Maybe something's happened to our gospel preaching recently. If so, what is it? There's no enemy. Never any enemy. But yeah, there certainly is evil, although no one is ever responsible for it. Gay, quote-unquote, is, quote-unquote, an ideology. But never any specific man. Gay is an evil out there, but without flesh and bones, without names and personal sin. Just words. Those wicked, awful, destructive ideologies take men captive, and we all see and agree about the horrors those ideologies have caused in the lives of our loved ones and neighbors. But make sure you reserve your anger and indignation for the ideologies, not any man or woman. Wicked ideologies taking souls captive and sending them to hell. They are spontaneous combustions. No one is responsible for them. No one is wicked. No one is a false shepherd. Certainly no one in the church caused any of it. Certainly I'm not responsible for it through the way I present my morality plays here each month and then tell my readers to cool it and just love all the victims of this horrible, no good, very bad ideology. He'd done such a good job describing the wickedness of that horrible gay ideology that he needed to dampen down the anger his long first section naturally aroused. He needed to remove any possibility of readers taking the horror seriously and preaching God's no to anyone in particular. Preaching sin and judgment with authority was what Jesus did. We're not Jesus. Don't you ever forget that. So, for starters as he put it, no, quote, emotionalism, unquote, whatever that is. Next, no, quote, moralism, unquote, meaning no Westminsterian exposition of the second commandment, trusting it to serve as the schoolmaster leading souls to the gospel of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. No moralism. Doesn't that say it all about the impotence of the preaching of the conservative Protestant church in the Western world today. Then, following the condemnation of moralism, he condemns, quote, hatred and, quote, bigotry. Let the reader understand the close association of these three boogeymen. It's the man who preaches the moralism of the Seventh Commandment, calling for the repentance of the souls committed to the LGBTQ perversions, who must be warned also against hatred and bigotry. That's why he does it. The moralizing naturally issues from his constituents' hatred and bigotry. Moralism always is birthed by hate and bigotry. Do any of us miss where all this is headed? Quote, he says, there is to be no contempt for gay individuals, unquote. Glad he said that, because his supporters tend to be contemptuous of gay individuals, and so they need his warning. He says, quote, the homosexual and trans person deserves respect and love, unquote. Glad he reminded his supporters to love and respect homosexuals and trans persons because they tend to dis and hate those types of people. 
He says, quote, remember that the homosexual and trans person is, quote, a unique and complex fellow human being, unquote. So glad he said this. His readers do tend to be rigid and simplistic in their moralistic condemnations of others' behaviors. They treat them like animals, not fellow human beings. Maybe his warning will help them begin to think deeply about sinners. Maybe he can get his supporters to have some empathy. So then, quote, every human being is tainted by sin, unquote. Tainted is such a great word for how I feel about myself. Not dead, just tainted. He says, quote, many have known much suffering and hurt, unquote. You know, I've been learning this lately. Really, all of us are victims now. And so it stands to reason LGBT cures are victims too. But who did it to them? He says, quote, from heartless, dismissive expressions of judgment from misguided believers, unquote. You see, once again, the enemy is elder brothers who, being misguided, have given themselves to, quote, heartless, dismissive expressions of judgment, unquote, thrown in the faces of LGBT cures. Oh, my. The misguided, heartless judgmentalism of other believers, not the writer you understand, just the people you and he go to church and worship with. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we could take all the elder brothers filling churches today and ban them to desert islands? Look at the endless cleanup good Christians like us have to do with unbelievers who have been alienated from Jesus by heartless, dismissive, judgmental believers. Then, of course, he says, quote, we must love our homosexual friends, unquote. But be careful, we must not love them by preaching the seventh commandment, Leviticus, Romans 1, 1 Corinthians, and 1 Timothy. We must not call them to repentance. That would be moralism, heartless judgmentalism. His final two warnings are a tell. He writes, quote, millennial Christians are leaving the church in droves over this issue, unquote. And he writes, quote, we need to hear not a judgmental, but a holistic ontological account of what the Bible says about sexuality, unquote. The church is in danger of losing our children. They're leaving in droves. Listen up. We must not alienate our kids by being judgmental. Rather, we must be holistic. We must do our ontological explications of biblical sexuality. The humble man thinks to himself, ontological? That's deep. That's above my pay grade. I'll leave it to this man who declares this need. He's educated. He's articulate. He knows what ontological means. Actually, I'm so relieved for him to do the work because he's articulate, and I know he's on our side. I'll just sit by and await his deep ontological explication of what the Bible says about sexuality, unquote. So the job is finished. No reader in his right mind will try to say anything at all. Given all the dangers he's warned them against, his supporters will leave the minefield alone. They'll be happy to send his excellency money to continue his good work. Who wants to run the risk of being a moralist, a hater, a bigot? We may be inclined to welcome such letters, but do the letter's warnings bear any resemblance to what we read in Scripture? Does Scripture leave us in a paralysis of self-doubt? 
Does it intimidate us so that we leave Christian confession and gospel proclamation to experts schooled in the nuances of holism and ontology? Let us trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to work through simpletons like us. Let us call men and women to repentance and faith through our simple and direct proclamation of the Seventh Commandment. Also, the New Testament's texts, which build on it. Also, the kindness of God, which leads us to repentance. Also, the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ, which washes the foulest clean. We were washed from our sins. You be washed also. Never shall we neglect the warnings of Scripture, though. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast. Two, tell your friends they can now subscribe to audio recordings of Warhorn Posts. We depend on you as our only marketing. Until our next post, stay warm, devote yourself to loving your neighbor, and love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. This is Tim Bailey saying thank you for giving us a listen. Goodbye.